0: succession planning it's the elephant in the room for many ranching families
1: you know it means facing reality that we're going to die someday well we need to face that because we are
0: ranch consultant and coach alan crockett joins me as we talk about the differences between estate planning and succession planning the first steps to start the process and how this topic can impact your legacy to the next generation on this episode of the working ranch radio show Well, hello, everyone, and welcome again to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills, and thanks again for joining us today right here on Rural Radio Channel 147 Sirius XM. You'll find us here each Saturday at 12 noon Eastern, or if you're the podcast listening kind of type, you know, you can get us there as well. All of your major podcast providers, you'll find us there under Working Ranch Radio Show. But again, welcome to our show today. I'm looking forward to our discussion. You know, it's going to be kind of serious as we talk about succession planning because um, I'm from a ranching family as well. So I understand the delicacy of this and also the fact that this is an issue that oftentimes gets kicked down gets is the can that gets kicked down the road and down the road so far that it never gets addressed because a lot of times there's apprehensions about parents families addressing this issue not knowing where to start how to do it but then also the personalities that come into play with family members and so it's a discussion we're going to have today. I'm excited to have with us Alan Crockett who's been a, a, a consultant a educator uh, in the ranching industry, the agriculture industry for over 20 years and so he's going to share with us some of his philosophies, some of his ideas and the reasons why this is such an important topic so look forward to having that on our show here today. Also the Captain Tim O'Byrne will be stopping by with Tim's Two Cents and then on our last segment today, meteorologist Don Day will be joining us to look at our long-term weather. And for those of us that are in drier conditions, uh, some hope there, not guaranteed, but it's more probable to maybe see some moisture. So we'll talk about that in our last segment with meteorologist Don Day. But before we get too far, a thank you to our sponsors of the Working Ranch Radio Show, the American Simmental Association, helping ranchers with pedigree knowledge of actual performance records. And now you add into this whole thing advanced genomics providing predictability to the producer so that you can make management decisions that increase your profitability sim genetics Profit through science. Find out more at simmental.org. Also, Performance Beef, easy-to-use cattle management software. Find Performance Beef online to request a demo. Gelve Balancer, the smart, reliable, and profitable choice. For more information, go to org. Don't forget the Working Ranch Expos coming up December 8th, 9th, and 10th in Las Vegas during the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. It's going to be easy to find. All of us from Working Ranch Magazine, Working Ranch Radio Show will be there right across from Cowboy Christmas. If you'd like to find out more or to reserve a booth, go to WorkingRanchExpo.com. And our final sponsor today, Beefmaster. Nothing beats a Beefmaster. Find out more at Beefmasters.org. Well, let's take a stop here quick and check in with the captain, Tim O'Byrne, publisher and editor of Working Ranch Magazine for this week's edition of Tim's Two Cents.
2: Hey, Justin. Today's Two Cents is a little tidbit from the NCBA's press room. Today, the U.S. Department of Agriculture announced the creation of two new competitive grant funding opportunities for small, regional, and independent meat processors using funds the National Cattlemen's Beef Association worked to secure at the end of last year. After fighting hard for several key priorities for cattle producers in the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2021, NCBA praised USDA for putting, get this, Justin, $55.2 million of those funds toward the critical need for greater beef processing capacity. Folks, we talked about this before, uh, kind of mid-COVID last year, where it just sounded like a pretty good idea if we took control of um the harvest and breaking down of uh of the uh, carcasses in our area where we could distribute them better smaller regional abattoirs getting those back on board taking the pressure off the big four i think it's a great idea folks check it out and get back to us on how it's gonna work out for you this is my two cents catch you later
0: Absolutely, and thanks, Captain, for that. I think the idea of having these more regional type of animal harvesting is coming at a time where two conditions have primed that pump, one being COVID and how that impacted the beef supply and the processing through those big plants during that time frame. And then second of all, which has probably was there before even COVID, and that was some of the frustration and concern in the cattle markets with the larger packing plants controlling 80% of the capacity here in the country and that with a few more smaller local or regional processing, we could see that competition for the cattle bring up the market a bit. So we'll have to follow this and see how it plays out. Well, stay with us. When we come back, we're going to get into our topic on succession planning, kind of the elephant in the room for us in agriculture, or probably really with uh, families that have businesses and trying to figure out how they pass those down. But we're going to talk about its impact in the agriculture and the ranching industry. When we come back, stay with us right here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Starting off in the right direction is essential to gaining an advantage later when you go to market your calves. And I have proof that the right direction is with Sim Angus sired calves. A 2020 study by K-State showed that Sim Angus sired steer calves earn more at sale time than all other breed identified sire groups with at least 50 lots represented on Superior Livestock's 2020 summer sales. The proof's right there. For low risk, high potential calves with earning potential, be confident that Sim Genetics will give you more per head. Period. Stand strong, Simmental. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show here on Rural Radio Channel One Forty Seven Sirius XM. I'm your host Justin Mills, and thanks again for joining us as we head into our feature topic today which is going to be on succession planning. And we're going to be talking in just a moment between the difference of succession planning versus estate planning. They're both uh, important, but... As I said at the very intro of our program today, this is one of the elephant in the room topics when it comes to ranching families. Uh, my myself, uh, I've I've been through this, going through this, and and will probably have to again in terms of of passing ranches down and those family businesses onto the next generation. And it's a hard thing to do. It's tough. There's a lot of elements that come into play that make that a tough decision. Uh, not wanting to hurt people's feelings, not exactly knowing where to start, how to start, those kinds of things all come into play. And as we look at this subject here today, um, it's one of those things that, if if anything, there's going to be a common theme that I think comes out of this that I hope, if anything, will give you a push or a nudge to move forward on this. Here's the deal. Anything worth having, as I was told a long time ago, and we've all heard this, anything worth having is not easy to come by. And I will tell you right now that succession planning is not easy to come by. It is a tough thing, and I don't want to sugarcoat it by any means. It is a very difficult subject. However, if we value our legacy of some sort then this is an issue that we do absolutely need to address and figure out how we can move forward on that. So I'm pleased to have with us today a guest that I've known for a few years now, Mr. Alan Crockett, who is an agriculture coach, consultant, uh, educator. He's been uh, in the business of doing this for over 20 years. And so He's worked with families, dealt with families in these kinds of issues. So, uh, Alan, thanks for joining us here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. You're welcome. Glad to
1: be here with you today, Justin.
0: As we talk about this issue of succession planning and estate planning in general, in your years of experience, you've got over 22 years of experience of working, being an agriculture coach, consultant in, in this field, and so this is has to be one of the main issues that you have come into contact with quite extensively as you work with producers. Is that correct?
1: Yes. It's a, it's a huge deal. It's a huge issue, especially facing farmers and ranchers, because it's just something that we have a tendency to put on the back burner and, you know, we'll get to that someday and one of these days we'll address it. And, and then something happens and it's too late. We should have had it already taken care of. So it, it because it's not urgent, it's extremely important, but because it's not urgent, we don't, we don't get it to the, to the forefront where it needs to be so we can take care of it.
0: Mm-hmm. When we talk about this, uh, sometimes we get grouped into the same conversation, estate planning versus succession planning. Are those two the same thing to you?
1: No, they are not. Succession planning is more about the succession of the business and how it's going to go typically from one generation to the next. On the other hand, estate planning, that's where the attorney gets involved and he does the legal work or she does the legal work so that whatever we want to have happen legally, uh, we have the tools in place to make that happen, whether it's trusts, whether it's LLCs, corporations, whatever it is. But that is set up in such a way that we don't get burdened with a big estate inheritance tax and that kind of thing. Uh, that's the legal side of it, and that that's the estate plan. But to me, the succession plan is is how do we get this this business from one generation to the next, or one sibling to another sibling, or whatever that looks like.
0: Mm-hmm. There's some reasons besides just that it's good good business to have a plan in place, but also, I mean, we've got with the change of administration. There's some tax reasons that we might want to find some real. Uh, motivation here to get moving if you haven't got an estate plan uh, that we need to move forward on this. Absolutely.
1: Um, Historically, in this kind of an administration, we see taxes go up and and historically we look and all right, let's tax the wealthy, you know, and well, how do we do that? All right, well, estate tax, let's, you know, the inheritance tax, let's let's get them there. They've got lots of money. That's a good place to get them. And unfortunately, for the ranching and farming community, we have a whole bunch of money tied up into a fixed asset, meaning land, you know, a huge amount of money tied up in land. And we don't want to sell that land. We want to pass it on. And if that estate plan is not in place, then what happens is, is we get taxed and we end up having to sell that or a part of it, a big portion of it, and now it becomes worth not even a viable ranch or farm anymore. And so yes, that's that's one of the places that that we see uh, Congress and presidents come after is let's let's get the wealthy. Well the way to get the wealthy, let's get inheritance tax. So that's that's a huge issue. And and if if you don't have an estate plan if you're listening to this should, it's it's not too late. You better get it taken care of now.
0: Mm-hmm. When it comes to estate planning and we start looking at different levels or folks ages of folks that that are have to think about estate planning because we have folks listening that may be close to stepping away from the ranching business those are about mid midstream and them those just getting started and what's some advice you would offer when it comes to the estate planning side of things for like younger couples and those that are maybe at the middle part of their career
1: you know one of the things that that I learned a long time ago with younger couples is, you know, when we're young and we're starting out and we have a child or two, maybe three, and you know, we don't have anything in the way of physical or financial assets to speak of. So we don't worry about it. But one of the big things there is just our children. Uh, You know, my, my wife and I get killed in a car wreck together or, you know, I die from some crazy disease or I get, run over by a bull and killed, and I know people that that's happened to, um, or a horse rears over on me and kills me. I know people that's happened to, and I know people that, you know, have died in a, in a four-wheeler accident on a ranch and not doing something crazy, just hit a rock or something and, and came off and broke their neck and killed them. So, But what we don't think about is the kids, and we think, well, we don't have any assets to speak of, so it doesn't really matter. But our kids need to be protected. Where do where we want our kids to go? Who's going to raise our kids if if my wife and I get killed or die, you know, fairly quickly with with, with time frame concerned concern one to, to the other? What happens to our kids? And and that can be spelled out in a will. And again, you know, if I'm going to say, you know, if I say, well, I, I want my sister, you know, one of my sisters to take my kids and raise them, or my sister-in-law, or, or whoever that is. I better have that conversation or my wife and I better have that conversation with that sister and her husband or mm-hmm. or whoever it is so that they are in agreement. Yeah, we'll take your kids and raise them if something happens to you. Okay, now we go to the attorney and just with a basic will, we say this is what we want to have happen to the kids. And so we get that taken care of. And then later on as we start accumulating assets and we get, you know, maybe maybe we started out leasing a ranch and, and we we've got a bunch of cows now and they're all paid for and, and now there's some, some money, you know, some physical assets that are worth something. And maybe we start buying land and we've accumulated some land and we're in our forties or fifties now. And, and we, we have some things and we think, well, you know, I got another 30 years in front of me. I don't need to worry about estate planning, but yet we do. I, we don't need to worry about it. We just need to get it done. But the thing that I see there is we need to make sure that whatever we do is flexible and that we can change it as tax laws change and and they always do i mean they just from one administration to the next or from one congress to another congress we see those changes come so whatever we do we need to be flexible in that we need to account for the fact that maybe our our children won't want to come back to the ranch and if they don't and we want to see the business succession plan in place and not lose the ranch to the state taxation then then we need to have that plan in place that we can do some things that way also. Uh, to me, it's, it, it needs to be flexible, and then who knows, you know, you, you might think, well, Junior's going to come back to the ranch, and and the ranch is out in the middle of nowhere like lots of them are, and, and Junior goes off to college, and he marries a city gal, and they come to the ranch, and all of a sudden she says, I am not living out here in the middle of nowhere. It was fun to come and visit, and it was really mm-hmm. romantic back then. But now that we live here and we're an hour from Walmart, I'm not – that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And and so son decides to save his marriage and go to town and get a job. Now what do you do with the ranch? Now the succession plan and the estate plan needs to change. So to me, the the succession plan really needs to come first and mm-hmm. then then the estate plan because if you don't know what you want to have happen with your business, how do you tell the attorney this is the way I want this thing set up? Now, in the beginning, when the kids are young and you start accumulating, pay, you might just have to have something put in place so that you don't lose it if you were to die unexpectedly, you and your your, your wife, your spouse, uh, so you don't lose it to to taxes. And the kids can have it later on in life, or it could be set up in a trust and somebody leases it and the kids get the rental income. There's all kinds of things that can happen there. But it It needs to happen earlier than we think, and it needs to have some flexibility built into it so that we can change it accordingly.
0: Mm -hmm. Let's take a break here. And when we come back, we've just talked about estate planning. And now we're going to get into succession planning and how that differs from estate planning and why it is probably one of the most important things a ranching family should address in order to get their ranching operation passed down to the next generation. When we come back, we'll continue with our guest, Alan Crockett, joining us here on this episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show.
3: Payday starts with superior Beefmaster cows. Yes, the Beefmaster female has stayed true to her original purpose, to help ranchers in tough environments improve performance, survivability, and longevity. So if you're giving up ground in traits that matter, consider Beefmasters. The breed will jumpstart your cattle and give your next calf crop a performance boost. Nothing beats a Beefmaster. Learn more about what the Beefmaster cow can do for your herd at Beefmasters.org.
0: Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills, as we continue with my guest today, Mr. Alan Crockett, and I think I failed to mention in the first segment as he is based out of Wilcox, Arizona, an agriculture coach consultant, been doing that for over 20 years. And, Alan, as we talked in the first segment about estate planning and a little bit about the difference of that versus succession planning, and I want to go a little deeper now and detail out, just really what the difference is between succession planning versus estate planning.
1: So the succession plan is really the business. What do I want to have happen with the business? And a lot of times that happens before, you know, before I die You know, I want to retire and I want somebody else, you know, to come in and take over the business and run it. Typically in, in ranching, we see a son or a couple of sons that are there. Sometimes it's a daughter, uh, occasionally we find a rancher or a farmer that none of the kids want to come back you know they've gone on and done other things and and they don't want to come back now what do i want to have happen to my business and especially if i've you know if ecologically i've built something you know i've improved the grass and the soil structure and you know my watershed is better than it used to be and i'm capturing more water it's cleaner and i've worked hard to to get that to happen I don't want to just turn that over to somebody that's going to go back to some kind of traditional management or conventional management and and destroy what I've built. So that succession plan needs to include some of those kinds of things, ecological things. It needs to include some financial things and economic things. Most important, it needs to include people, you know, who is going to be there. And to me, that is where we need to sit down as, you know, in families, if this is a family business, and even though some of the kids are not involved in the day-to-day operation of the ranch, maybe they're married, living in town someplace, maybe a different state, and maybe one of the kids is there working the ranch with us, all of those kids need to be involved in that conversation. And that's the thing that I see that, that we get scared of in this portion of it is we are afraid that we will cause problems with our sibling, our, our children down the road you know, if my son's here with me, and well, what about my daughter or my son that's not on the ranch or my other daughter? You know, I, I, I want to be fair to them. I want to be right with them and, and that kind of thing. How do I do that? And, and when we start looking at a multi million dollar asset, as in land, and we say, well, let's split this thing up. Well, now all of a sudden we have ranches that aren't economically viable. They're not big enough to, for one person to make a living on what was big enough before we split it up. And so we, we hesitate to have that conversation. To me, that's really important. We need to be open and honest in that communication. And we need to let other people know what we're doing and get their input. And just because somebody says, this is what I want, that doesn't mean that, okay, now that I know what you want, I'm going to give it to you. It just makes me aware And and if we have that open, honest communication, then me, and I'm looking at me as the old guy that can go in there and say, okay, now I'm going to make a decision. And after I've had input and I'm going to make a decision of what I want to see happen here, and then I'm going to go back to my family and say, okay, I've made a decision. And this is what the decision is. And I want you to respect it. I want you to to love each other and live in harmony together and that kind of thing and get along. Uh, But this is what it is. In that portion of it, Justin, I think sometimes we we get hung up between the operating company and the land company, or we don't get hung up. We don't have a separation, then we view it all as one. You know, this is a ranch, and we have cattle on the ranch. We have, you know, we operate the ranch, and the ranch owns the land, the livestock, and the business, and everything. That doesn't need to. To happen and for succession planning purposes and even estate planning purposes, sometimes that's very bad. Mm-hmm. It would be better if we separated out the operating company from the land company. The land company could be held by the, the heirs that, you know with an undivided interest in this ranch and it just held it, it could be a corporation that all the kids own that corporation in equal shares. But the operating company, you know, the one son or daughter that's there at the ranch that, that is actually in a position and, and they're working can own the operating company and lease the land from the land entity. Mm-hmm. That solves a big problem in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So typically I, I like to talk to, to clients about that. Let's, let's separate that out and it makes the succession planning much simpler and I believe it makes the estate planning much simpler mm-hmm. also.
0: I want to go back and talk a little more about the the fear of parents uh, not wanting to maybe offend certain some kids, some of the siblings and the kids and how to be fair and equal. And the phrase fair isn't equal and equal isn't fair is a common phrase that we've all heard. But if you could just give one piece of advice to parents about addressing that and how to how to deal with that in their mind, what would that be?
1: to understand that fair is not equal and equal is not fair that those are not synonymous terms that would be the the biggest thing because we get hung up on that you know we got an eight million dollar ranch and i got to make the math easy i have four kids so that's two million dollars to each kid you know how do i how do i sell this ranch and or leave two million dollars worth of it to one kid and the other you know sell the other three fourths of it and and give those kids that money so that it's equal. Well, now I wasn't fair to the son that's there because you're going to have to go work in town because the place isn't big enough to, you know, for him to make a living because I just took three fourths of it and sold it so that I could be fair. Mm-hmm. And, and that was not a good thing to do. So I was not even fair to him when I did that. Uh, what I've seen people do in the past and, and, I don't sell insurance, I don't get involved in that, but I have seen insurance policies that will pay a life insurance benefit to other siblings, and they can be somewhat costly, but again, that gives them some cash, if you will, but yet it keeps the ranch intact so that the the child that's there, the son or daughter that's gonna take over the ranch can actually, it's big enough we can make a living there. We didn't, We didn't split it all up uh i think that's the biggest thing that we get hung up on and i think that's part of the reason you know we talked earlier justin about you know where do i start and how do i eat this elephant and you know where do i even find an attorney and how much is it going to cost and we started thinking those things through so we just quit and don't go forward i think it's even bigger than that and i think it's the people side of it That how do how can i be fair to all my kids mm-hmm. and and we start thinking equal and that's not right we got to get get rid of that fair and equal being synonymous terms and say if my business if this is a legitimate business and i want to pass it down intact as a business then how do i how do i do that and yet how do i still leave something to some of the other kids uh, or the rest of the kids how do i do that and sometimes life insurance can be a good tool to do that again sometimes an undivided interest in the land portion of the business the land entity I think that would be the biggest Mm -hmm. thing that I would say is is let's get over this thing of fair and equal. And, and if you're concerned about it, you know, or if, if you can't wrap your head around the difference, then call somebody that can help you hire somebody to, to help you figure that part out because these are not easy things if you've never worked through it. And most of us haven't. So, you know, if, if we're ranching, we don't, we're not thinking about that, and then all of a sudden something happens, and now we got to think about it. And, and we're emotional because we just got diagnosed with some terminal illness, and now we got to get this done. We got to hurry, and we're all emotional. We can't think straight, and then it really causes a problem. So, you know, get rid of the fair and equal kind of thing. Let's not even worry about that. Let's do what's right for the business. If, if you want to keep the business intact, let's do what's right for the business first, and then let's figure out how we can. Do something that would be right for each one of our kids, and allow them to have something that would be meaningful and benefit them, and that kind of thing. But you got to have the conversation. You got to open up the the channels of communication. We have to talk.
0: The same topic but back aimed towards the kids and I think this in a way is maybe not a discussion that happens often and and I know you've dealt in family situations and having to deal with parents and and siblings that are both on the place and the advice that you would give uh, siblings because what the parents have to do is a tough job. I don't if it was easy, we wouldn't be having this interview today. <laughs> yeah. So, so it is a tough job and I think as kids we have to respect that is a tough decision that mom and dad have to make. So the advice that you would give to siblings about this process, this decision of of how this is going to move on.
1: I would say go to mom and dad and and do it together. Sometimes we think, well, I don't want my I don't want my siblings to know that I want the ranch, you know, they're successful people in town or maybe they're not quite as successful as we are or whatever. And you know, maybe they need money. Maybe they don't need money or but I don't want them to know that I want this $8 million ranch. And again, I'm just throwing that number out. There it could be 20 million, it could be 2 million, but I don't want them to know that I want this. So I'm going to go to mom and dad by themselves and tell them, Hey, this is what I want. And I think that's where we get in, in big trouble is we start doing things behind the scenes without full disclosure to everybody else. And maybe there's some times that we don't need to have full disclosure or we don't want to have full disclosure. But so many times the hard feelings of the hurt comes when nobody knows what mom and dad have planned and we don't find that out until they're gone. And then we open up the estate plan and we see what they did or didn't do. And now there's hurt and, I wanted this, and you got it, and you got way more in your fair share, and I didn't get anything. And, and then we see big divisions in families happen because of that. So to me, if, if I'm junior and I'm at the ranch or, or I'm one of the kids and I'm working in town, let's initiate the conversation. and Let's go to mom and dad, but let's not do it behind everybody else's back. Let's do it in the open and say, hey, have you got this plan in place? And if they say yes, well, who knows what's in it? Our attorney, well, why don't the rest of us know that? Because we don't want you to know till we're dead. Well that's not a good situation. <laughs> yeah. So and, and if the plan's if not in place, well let's let's talk about it and let's get it in place. And and part of that, Justin, is we all know that we're gonna die. You know, we know that mm-hmm. we are mortal human beings, we are not immortal, we will die someday. And Most of us were thinking that's way out in the future someplace. And so we don't want to address that. And, and it, it can be kind of a morbid thing. Well, mom and dad, when you're gone, what's going to happen to the business? What's going to happen to the ranch? Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. I'm only 70 years old. I've got 20 good years left in me or something. You know, (laughs) I don't want to talk about it today because You know, it means facing reality that we're going to die someday. Well, we need to face that because we are. Then what do we do if we don't have that plan in place? And if we haven't had that open, honest communication and dialogue so that we know what needs to happen, we know what's in place and that kind of thing.
0: One of the things, I guess, from my own experience, and I think this is the same case with with a lot of folks in agriculture, and it gets back to what you were saying is we just keep pushing it down the road. We keep kicking the can down the road, and then nothing ever happens. And and from my own experience, I can say that it is very difficult in a lot of different ways, whether it's financially or emotionally or your relationship-wise with siblings after the parents die in dealing with this.
1: Much harder after they're gone to deal with it if it wasn't set up and talked about ahead of time. Much more difficult after they're gone. Even if they have the estate plan in place and nobody knows what it is, or maybe one one of the kids knows what it is and the others don't, and now mom and dad are gone and now we, we open up this estate plan and we talk about it, that's where the hurt and, and, and even the hate come, comes into play too often. And it's because we didn't we didn't address it when mom and dad were alive and we could talk about it and we didn't have that honest open communication. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that the kids have to agree with mom and dad. That doesn't that's not what this open, honest communication is about. It's just about about a dialogue and find the parent I, I want my kids to give some input there. But if I own it eventually or my wife and I own it, eventually it's our decision. And that's what it comes down to. And I want my kids to respect that decision, and in order for them to respect it, they they need to know what it is, and and it's better that they know what that decision is while I'm still alive, rather than begrudge somebody because they got the ranch and I didn't, you know, after mom and dad are, are gone.
0: We're going to take a break here, and when we come back, one of the concerns that folks have when it comes to estate planning is the cost. We're going to talk about it when we come back on the Working Ranch Radio Show here on Rural Radio, Channel 147 Sirius XM. Do you know your break even for every group of cattle on feed? Performance Beef users have quick access to real-time, accurate data. The technology simplifies feeding to financial data, making it easy to generate real-time closeouts, update rations, or analyze performance trends all in one place. Your feed, financial, and health information are integrated in one easy-to-use platform accessible from your computer, smartphone, or tablet. Find Performance Beef online to learn more and request a demo. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills, and my guest for our episode today is Mr. Alan Crockett, who's an agriculture coach consultant out of Wilcox, Arizona, has been working with ranching families for many, many years on our particular topic that we've been talking about on succession planning, uh, estate planning. And in the first part of this program today, we were talking about the differences of those two. But now, as we look at this, overall, generally, I think one of the concerns, Alan, that folks have is the cost. And there's two areas of cost that we think about. One is just that financially, the money side of things is how much is this going to cost in professional fees to get this particular element done. Then the other thing, thing is time and nobody has an abundant amount of extra time. And so those two things really put the brakes on moving forward on some of this and so how do you justify the cost in our resources, and our time to move forward on estate planning?
1: Well, let's take that $8 million ranch and let's just grab a number out of the sky. And say It's going to cost us $50,000 to do this. Okay. If we have a business that's truly a ranch business, it's not a hobby. We're not dependent on off-ranch income to keep us afloat and that kind of thing. That's where we get into trouble because then we look at that so it doesn't cash flow. So I can't afford to do it. But if this business is truly a business, $50,000 to protect an $8 million asset plus the $1 million worth of cows or whatever the numbers we're using, $50,000 is a drop in the bucket to protect that. It's not a big deal, and, and we need to look at it like that. It's when we're having to work in town to keep the thing afloat or we're depending on investments or something coming in off ranch to keep it afloat, or we sell a piece of it to keep on ranch and that kind of thing. We don't have an economically viable business. It doesn't cash flow right. And then we look at 50 grand. And again, I'm just grabbing that number out of the sky. But we look at that and say, that's impossible. We just don't have the cash. We're not going to do it. And so we don't. So maybe, maybe Justin, maybe the first step is we need to make this thing economically viable. You know, to say, well, cash flow and yet it will kick a profit both financially and economically, year in and year out. And if it does that, and we're, we are profitable, then doing an estate plan from a money standpoint should not be a big deal. I think sometimes we get more bogged down that this is going to take time. You know, i got to go visit with three or four attorneys just to just to pick one and interview them and, and decide, you know, hopefully out of those three or four, I'll find one that really understands what I'm trying to do and is good at it. And, and again, I think that's one of the one of the things that that we need just to to be open and, and ask ask neighbors, ask you know if, if you're a member of the cattle growers association or you're a member of Farm Bureau or or some of those things. You know, bring it up. Ask people that when you're sitting around dinner with some of those people. Then, hey, you know, do you have an estate planning attorney? Yeah, I do. Do You like him? It? Yeah, he's really good. No, I don't like. It. I'm, I'm trying to find a new one. Mm-hmm. And somebody else will pop in and say, I got one I really like. and But sometimes we just don't even want to talk about it. And, and we've got to get off that. We've got to get out of this this thing that's, that we've lived with for years in agriculture is that it's it's just stuff we don't talk about. We don't talk about money. We don't talk about our estate. We don't talk about how much the ranch is worth. We we don't have those conversations. And, and, and we've got to get over that. We need to have the conversation. We need to talk about it. So. So mm-hmm. I think that's a big place to start is just having the conversation mm-hmm. and not get hung up on this may take six or eight months or a year. So I think it's our time is, is even more of an impact than the financial side of it when it comes right down to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's pivot here, Alan, and talk about a couple scenarios that you and I talked about off air regarding maybe there is no family for folks to pass on to the next generation.
1: Um uh, too many times when we talk about succession planning, we we think strictly of our kids. And I think sometimes there aren't kids, and sometimes the kids don't want to be part of the business down the road. And I think it's okay that we look outside the family to find somebody that could come in and buy the the operating company, the cows and equipment, etc., and lease the rest of it. And they could lease the ranch from us. As mom and Dad, when we're gone, they can lease it from the kids if they're – kids that don't want to be involved in it or or they could end up buying it somehow or another. But I've seen that where, where the operating company actually went to somebody that was not a family member, and I've seen it where there was not even a family member, there were no kids. Mm-hmm. So I, I just say that so if there's listeners out there that are thinking, well, none of my kids want the place or I don't have any kids, there are young people out there. You know in their 20s and 30s and even 40s that are looking for an opportunity and if you have an opportunity you don't have young people to take it over there's some out there that are willing but uh, we ought to be talking about it mm-hmm. and the only other thing i'd throw out there sometimes we i mean what we've been talking about is friction family or motion family sometimes it's a partnership that you know you and i are partners and we're not brothers and what happens if if I die or you die what happens to this ranch that we've put together you know maybe you had money from some other source and I'm managing the ranch and you die and now your kids want that money sometimes that kind of an estate plan we need to make sure that that that's put into place as far as our partnership is concerned so that the partnership doesn't have to be dissolved because one of the partners died and now the kids want that money we need to make sure that and we're seeing more and more of that in in agriculture because of the cost of land Mm -hmm. that we end up with a land partner. And if that land partner dies, we don't want to have to liquidate the land now so that we can get rid of, you know, his estate problem or his tax problem or his kids. And now what do we have? We have a bunch of cows and no place to put them. So that partnership, we need to have that conversation also and make sure that there is some sort of a plan in place to, um, If you die, your kids are taken care of and Mm -hmm. I don't have to sell the ranch to satisfy them. I can keep on ranching, you know, in our partnership or I don't have to sell the cows to satisfy them Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. So I think some of those kinds of things, again, we need to have those conversations.
0: Let's take a break here. And when we continue our conversation with Alan Crockett on succession planning, it's about your legacy. That's what it really also boils down to on succession planning. We're going to talk about it when we return on the Working Ranch Radio Show. For commercial cow calf producers, crossbreeding with Galve and Balancer is the smart, reliable, and profitable choice. Galve and Balancer females offer maternal superiority through increased fertility, greater longevity, and more pounds of calf weaned per cow exposed. In the feed yard, Balancer cattle can offer increased performance, improve feed efficiency, and have excellent carcass merit. Balancers add the pounds, make the grade, and deliver the value. Galvian Balancer, the smart, reliable, and profitable choice. For more information, go to gelvate.org. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show here on Rural Radio, Channel 147 Sirius XM. I'm your host, Justin Mills. And our topic today has been on succession planning. My guest is Alan Crockett out of Wilcox, Arizona. And, Alan, when I look at this particular issue as we wrap up our, our topic the one thing that comes to mind is what is our legacy going to be? Because if we don't handle this issue of, or this topic of succession planning and also estate planning, the, our legacy is going to be that to our kids that man, this was not handled correctly. It was not handled well. It was difficult. Our kids are now infighting within each other because we failed to handle this particular issue. So to me, this is a uh, topic that really has a lot to do with what will our legacy be?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And too many times we think, well, the ranch is the legacy, and it's not. It's, it's, it's the family. The family is so much more important than, than the ranch. And, and having you know, the kids that we, we grew up in, and for the most part, we get along, we enjoy each other, we talk to each other whether we're both or all of us at the ranch or, or only one at the ranch or none of us at the ranch, we still, you know, we we grew up together, and so we still have conversations. And to me, that's that's way more of a legacy than just the ranch or money or something. Um, ecologically, if I've improved this land and this soil and, and the carrying capacity on this ranch, let's say it was, you know, it was a 500-head outfit when I started managing it. Now I'm running 900 cows on it. You know, or 1,200 cows on it, I've improved it that much. To me, that's a huge piece of legacy because that's something that, that can be lasting if we'll continue to manage properly. And, and, and so I look at those kinds of things, again, going back to, you know, if I sit down with a ranch owner, you know, husband and wife, and say, okay, what do you want to have happen to the business? That's typically where I would start. And what do you see? Where do you want this thing to go business-wise? Now let's look at the kids, okay, now what do you want to do for your kids and how do they fit into this? Okay now that we get that figured out, now you need an attorney to draft the estate plan so that what you want to have happen both with the ranch and your money and and the estate is, is done in a way that we can lock that up as tight as we can lock it up under current tax laws and then have the flexibility to change it when the tax law changes.
0: Mm-hmm before we leave here I this is such a big topic and partly what we've addressed today is just the fact because it's such a, a big decision and there's some time involved with it there's some finances involved in some with it it really creates stagnation and just people just not even moving forward so I, I I want to as we leave this conversation just a simple step or two to move off the mark what would that be
1: I think the the first thing would be let's have a conversation. And let's get everybody involved. Watch well, everybody. That's me, my wife, my kids. Let's get everybody together and let's have a conversation. And that would be the first bite. Let's mm-hmm. let's decide. Bite number one is we're gonna have a conversation and we are going to address this. And then we're gonna make a decision. And once the decision's made, I'm gonna let you know what the decision is. You know, and, and if we're doing that honestly and openly and not behind the scenes and not trying to cut somebody out and secretly so somebody doesn't know what we're doing, then it makes that so much easier to to swallow. and, And then the hurt and the anger and the hatred and the fight that happens after mom and dad die doesn't happen. It's not there. Or at least the odds of it happening are greatly reduced.
0: Boy, <laughs> the thing that just is is overwhelming between last week's podcast and this one is communication.
1: Well, I've said before, it's always a people problem, or every problem is a people problem, and I really believe that. And, and that's part of that big people problem is we just we just don't communicate on the real sensitive, important things that we need to be communicating about. It. It's easy to talk about the drought and the fires and the lack of rain or the abundance of rain or the cattle market and what it's doing you know and and those kinds of things but when it comes down to the real real tough important things sometimes we just put it off we don't have those conversations and we need to have them
4: Mm
0: -hmm. well Well, alan thanks for joining us here on the working ranch radio show to address this very important topic to the longevity of our ranching industry and estate planning and succession planning
1: you're welcome, Justin. My pleasure. And, and if anybody wants to get a hold of me and have this conversation, they're welcome to. We can set up a time and have a conversation at, at no cost to them and just explore what it might look like if we work together and, and kind of what their needs are. And and again, there's no obligation to that. And and if they decide they want to work with me, then we talk about what that looks
0: like. So. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Thanks again to my guest today, Mr. Alan Crockett, 520-253-0040 is the number to get a hold of him. As he said, if you have questions, give him a call. Again, that phone number is 520-253-0040. We'll stay with us up next. Meteorologist Don Day joins us as we talk long-term weather when the Working Ranch Radio Show returns on Rural Radio Channel 147 Sirius XM. if you could do something today that would
3: bring you a profit tomorrow would you do it In the cattle business, it's about efficiency. And with Limousine Genetics in your herd, your profit is just one calf crop away. With Limousine or Limflex cattle, it's more pounds, naturally, to sell at weaning. It's growth and feed efficiency with the added benefit of carcass merit. The other side of the profit coin with Limousine Genetics is the maternal efficiency, docility, and longevity of your cows and bulls. It's as simple as Limousine Today profit tomorrow
0: welcome back to the working ranch radio show i'm your host justin mills as we are joined now by meteorologist don day and don thanks for joining us as we kind of look at the extended weather forecast one of the things that i've noticed you have pointed out is that we see some warmer water temperatures on the west coast of mexico which you believe might help with a little bit better monsoon moisture pattern this year versus last year
4: Yeah, it is certainly looking like we've got a possibility to do better than last year. Although, full disclaimer, last year's monsoon season, what we call the North American monsoon, where we get a lot of thunderstorm activity in the desert southwest that through the course of the summer will arch northeast and at times get all the way into parts of the Corn Belt. Uh, Last year, it was very weak. It really not got established. And that was one reason for some of the drought conditions that developed last year. Last year, we had colder-than-average sea surface temperatures off the west coast of Mexico as well as the Gulf of California. And when that happens, you just have less water vapor available. This year, those sea surface temperatures are warmer, actually a little warmer than average. And uh, there are some studies, some scientific studies, that indicate that when sea surface temperatures reach a certain point in that western area of Mexico along the coast there, that you do tend to have an uptick in monsoon activity. And at least some of our computer modeling is suggesting that Arizona, New Mexico, Utah, Colorado, uh, in the coming days and weeks ahead, will finally start to get into some shower and thunderstorm activity, even parts of uh, the deserts of California and Nevada. And we hope that this, as we go deeper into the month of July, will get deeper and will go more to the north and east.
0: Mm-hmm. With uh, some of the some of the extended forecast to the end of June, first part of July, we are starting to see some some moisture into the Rocky Mountain, northern Rocky Mountains, and even into the the, the Midwest. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, we're going to see some really good rains, much needed rains, for
4: Iowa, parts of Missouri, parts of eastern Nebraska, uh, and a large swath of the Corn Belt. But there is still an area we're really concerned about, and that will be the Dakotas. Minnesota, uh, across the Northern Plains, westward to Montana. And there's one area, Justin, that in the next week to 10 days is really going to get hot. That's Washington, Oregon, Central and Northern California, British Columbia. They're going to have a heat wave on part of the heat wave that affected some parts of the Intermountain West earlier in June. Uh, it's, It's an area of concern because that area is already in severe drought. And that arch of heat and dryness, We'll go from those areas in the Pacific Northwest, arching their way through Montana and into those northern plains. South of that area, we're going to see good chances of rain. Temperatures actually a little bit below average.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Don, thanks for joining us here on the Working Ranch Radio Show.
4: Thanks for having me.
0: Meteorologist Don Day with our long-term weather forecast. By the way, if you're interested, he does offer a daily video podcast Monday through Friday go to his website at dayweather.com for more information and a thank you to my guest today on our featured topic Mr. Alan Crockett as we address the issue of succession planning and also estate planning it's never too late to get started on this very important topic and I hope if anything there's some encouragement or some motivation to move forward on that we know it's difficult but uh, it is very important nevertheless also a thank you to the captain Tim O'Byrne for Tim's two cents and to our sponsors the American Cemental Association Sim Genetics Profit Through Science. Find out more at cemental.org. Galve Balancer, the smart, reliable, and profitable choice. For more information, go to galve.org. Performance Beef, easy to use cattle management software. Find Performance Beef online to request a demo. And Beefmaster, nothing beats a Beefmaster. Find out more at Beefmasters. And before we get too far along here, if you have not flipped through the latest copy of the Working Ranch magazine, we are just a few months away from shipping time. I know it's hard to believe as we're in the heat of summer, but we're going to be there before we know it. Page 44, a good article there by Heather Smith Thomas on some shipping fever and topics for this fall that will be very useful for you. So be sure to check out your latest copy of the Working Ranch magazine. If you'd like to get a hold of me, you can do it by calling or texting the studio here at 307-363-COWS or shoot me an email at justin.workingranch.com at gmail.com the working ranch radio show is a production of working ranch magazine join us each saturday right here at 12 noon eastern on rural radio channel 147 sirius xm or on your podcast provider thanks again for joining me i'm your host justin mills and until next time keep your chin down and your mind in the middle so long